Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Manny, thank you so much for the time. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing well, Scott. Yes, thank you. And I liked your introduction about uh, your child and uh, the hair situation. <laughs> it's it's funny, <laughs> but I guess this is going on in every family, isn't it, Manny? Uh, yeah. All right. So it's been fascinating to watch this uh, come together, and, and you know, kudos to everybody that made this happen in such a short period of time. Uh, teachers, educators, uh, boards, and and government and such, because this obviously is unprecedented times. Uh, that being said, what are the concerns here? I have noticed some inconsistency in some of the situations. Um, first of all, let's talk about what some of the challenges are and what the concerns are here. Yeah, so listen, thank you, Scott. And I heard Jeff's concerns there, and he brings some value, you know, valid concerns there. I think it's important to position it is that when we were in this sort of crisis and emergency closure, Phase one, the first two weeks after March break, was really about self-directed learning, the ministry providing resources so parents could do their best. And in phase two, April 6th, was shifting to a uh, teacher-led learning. I think there's some, and you're right, there is a range, because we have teachers like any kind of profession who uh, early adoption with technology, um, others who came on later, and others who, um, you know, because the physical world is now removed, they have to adopt the digital world. So th- there are different levels, and I think what's really important to highlight is that synchronous learning, if it's 100% synchronous learning, also creates some inequities. What do I mean by that? If it's only live um, teaching, whether that be phone calls, whether that be live text, whether that be live audio, or even live video, all those are forms of synchronous learning. It can create some inequities because what we can't control right now is a different family households and structures and environments where not everyone might be able to get on line at the same time. However, we have said, though, it's imperative for some of our programs, like we do Empower Reading, for students who need extra support in reading in small groups of four, that the only way that program can continue is through synchronous live video conferencing. And uh, we have done that, and we've received some feedback from parents uh, thanking us for that. And so... The synchronous comes in many different shapes and forms, including um, live video conferencing. But what it's highlighted as well is that there are some things that need to be put in place, such as safety, such as privacy, such as consent. Um, All of those are are important pieces, and the board is working through those. And it's also highlighted that we need to, as, as school boards, not leave it up to chance. So we have to standardize our platforms because what we've heard from parents and students who might have three children, uh, my child's ex-teacher is using this platform, mm. my, child, my second child uses this one, and my third child is using this one. So some of the feedback we're seeing from parents, what is the standard? And we have been promoting our standard. As we look in the fall, we'll be sort of setting that expectation because uh, if it's in our network, the standardized platform, which we're promoting is Microsoft Teams and what we call the hub, which is, aligned to the ministry's bright space, those two together, we can provide more support, more security in those virtual platforms. Um, so one of the challenges sometimes that people will have to let go maybe of the sort of free resources they're using there that they might find they've adopted, but this has actually highlighted that. So there's a wide range, but I have to compliment our educators, our staff, our school leaders, logistically, this was a huge undertaking, and they have risen to the occasion. And we, are, we have to recognize people are going to be at different phases, and we have to support and move everyone along this continuum. 
Uh, well said. And obviously, this is not the perfect situation. Uh, we've had to react as opposed to to plan for all of this. However, that being said, uh, Manny, are these not all solvable problems? Is this any reason to stop the direction that we're going in? So are they all solvable problems? Y- yes, they are. They require some tough decisions. So, you know, we've been having conversations, not knowing what the fall will bring and not knowing if this would ever occur again, um, that we should be promoting that. And we have been in HWDSB promoting blended learning. and Our teachers have done a great job uptaking. Blended learning means we have to be able to, in the 21st century, teach in the physical world when we're face-to-face, but also teach in the digital world. Um, and hence, that's why that blended approach is vital. And then not just in the pandemic, but in the case a student might break a leg, they're, they're unable to attend school for two weeks. Um, so what can we do? What's possible to make sure that, that the student still has an ability in the digital world to continue to do some learning and engagement, even though they can't come to the physical world called the school? Uh, privacy has also been a concern. Here's Jeff Sorensen on the Bill Kelly Show earlier on, a local president, about those. Uh, I don't know who else is listening besides the student. I don't know what's being revealed about one student to another student. Um, <clears throat> it's it, like I said, it's inherently risky. It's inherently dangerous, and no one seems to know how to keep uh, people safe. and And I don't think it's unreasonable to ask our employer, our ministry, to say if you can guarantee safety, not only of staff but of students as well and their families, and if you can guarantee privacy, um, you know, we're all for teaching. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Uh, well, it's obvious in today's technological world, nobody can guarantee anything. Uh, many companies around the world will talk to you about being talk to talk to us about being hacked. But again, we're all working from home now. We'll, we've seen companies of every stripe and uh, every financial position make this work. Uh, that being said, uh, how big a concern is privacy? And again, are these not all solvable problems? Scott, um, we believe they are, hence in HWDSB, our board of trustees years ago, supported bringing into our research department a privacy officer. So we actually have a privacy officer who actually has great expertise in the MCIPA legislation. Um, But one of the things um, we've developed, and also the College of Teachers has provided an advisory around live video conferencing for people, And, and there's a series of questions we need to check off under the legislation. So we've developed privacy and security to work at home. Uh, we divide, uh, dealt some consent forms that need to be provided. But what it's really highlighted, again, is that some of these free versions that people may be wanting to engage in um, outside of our network, outside of our, our standard platforms, create a greater risk. Hence why we've seen a huge uptake of our teachers in, uh, engaging in the training, network learning over the last eight weeks, using our Microsoft Teams, and our learning management system called the Hub, there's been a huge uptake in that, and we're promoting that more so. But we said now moving forward, do we leave that up to chance, or do we now say this is the standard as you walk into our organization because this is where we can ensure greater privacy, greater security uh, for our students, and safety. And another thing happens, our unions have said, and it's legitimate concern. You know, when there's a concern around safety in the physical classroom the school, this policy, this protocol, how do, you, how do you deal with it? So one of the challenges, how do you deal with it when there might be a safety concern or an inappropriate 
behavior in the virtual world, um, we got to kick into our policies in terms of, you know, reaching out to the parent, reaching out to the, our school leader, having a conversation, because those, those behaviors are still not appropriate. So we have to teach those new norms in the digital world, just like we would when, when our students walk into our classrooms and we teach them norms and rules. A lot more challenging because, you know, we're not in the same space, but still very doable and solvable. And we've seen great examples of our educators already across the district and the province working through solutions. So one of our strategies is, is to let the grassroots help redevelop the parameters, the standards, and let's get network teachers moving forward, which we have, because they, on the grassroots level, could provide a lot of the solutions and share with us a lot of the challenges. Hence why we have a, a survey out now called Thought Exchange with our staff and our parents to share with us what's working well, what's not working well, and we're going to feed that back so we can be more more responsive. What do you think, uh, and obviously, Manny, this is looking into a crystal ball, but any idea what this will look like come September? Will we see uh, more of this as we get back to a gradual sense of normalcy? Uh, and how are the teachers' unions going to react? Are they going to support this? Well, I, I'll, I'll speak about what I sort of see and what we've been envisioning as a board. Uh, I'll state that... <laughs> Again, the blended learning, the physical and digital, we believe both are essential. And I would say uh, when the physical is removed, um, it means what is possible. I would say this is not ideal, but we can maximize um, our, our impact and influence in public education using virtual tools. I think you'll, you will see and will continue to promote that we can't leave this up to chance and that we're demonstrating right now that public education can still add a lot of value to student well-being and learning, but we can't leave up the chance that the infrastructures are in place. Our trustees, I'm so thankful for years ago, invested a lot in infrastructure. Um, so our high school students have one-to-one deployment of iPads. Uh, that, was, that was decided by trustees years ago. Sort of how do you repurpose the paper resources and add more tech? So our, our students already have that. And in, in elementary, we provide class kits of six in grade four to eight. Because of that infrastructure investment, we were able to deploy uh, iPads to over 6,000 students who, A, didn't have one at home, or B, as Jeff has said, students are sharing them at home with their parents. So we really push to say not one per family. If a family has three, then they need three because we don't ask them to share one in the classroom with three children. And we also deployed over a thousand devices that were cellular enabled. So a thousand iPads that already had Rogers SIM cards. For those families who not who said we don't have a device, but we also don't even have internet because we relied on right. free internet access. Um, so I think you're gonna see more of this, but I hope that the physical and digital always need to be the priority, that the digital itself as we see kids who just take e-learning, that works for some students who just want e-learning courses. But let's never forget that the school is a social fabric in our society and the socialization of the physical space is important. But I think there's an opportunity here to learn from this experience. Well said. Manny Figueroa has been with us, Director of Education at the Hamilton-Wentworth District School Board. Manny, thanks so much for the time. Good luck. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Scott. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.